please be seated. Well, good morning, New Hope. Good to see you all on this chilly Sunday morning. Glad you're here, especially as we start a new sermon series uh, this morning. But before we do, a couple uh, announcements I want to give in addition to what Pastor Tom was already sharing. Uh, one was actually one he'd mentioned. We'll go ahead and flash it on the screen. The summer break party that is coming up on May 31st. And I just want to paint a little bit of the dream behind this special event. See, it's not really an event for us. This is an event that we as New Hope Church are going to link arms together church-wide to provide this celebration party for the entire city of Adel. See, May 31st is the last day of school. So you know how that day goes. Kids are excited. I mean, and families are excited and parents are scratching their head like, okay, I've got my kids all summer now. Now what are we going to do? But it's just a transition time and it's just going to be a, a great time. So what we're going to do, we're going to invite the entire city to come down to Lincoln Savings Bank parking lot and we're going to have horseback riding and blow up not like explosion games but like bouncy games and and gaga ball and um pulse 101 is going to be broadcasting from the event i mean we're going to have and food we're going to feed the entire community as much as we can so so it's going to be a fantastic time why are we doing this because we love our city because we want to bless our city. We want to bring people together, give us a chance to interact, build relationships with other people. Also, we're going to have, we're up to about nine or so different organizations and ministries are going to have tables out there where there, people are going to be able to sign up for summer activities for their kids or to be able, for example, Love A Dale Day is coming up in June. People in the community can sign up to serve with us as New Hope Church to reach our community. You don't have to be a part of New Hope to serve. We want to link up with anybody who's willing to, again, love our community. So it's going to be a great time. So here's what we're looking for. And Pastor Jake will be up here in a moment to leave the offering and collect these. But the connection cards, you'll see there there's lots of boxes to get involved. But one of them is the summer break party. And then there's teams on there. If you want to just circle a team, because we, we, I mean, we've got food team and activity team and games team and, and everything else. So um, if, you, if you have some time, even just to serve for an hour or so on that day, then you can play for the rest of it. Uh, circle that box there. We'll be receiving those. Uh, here shortly when the message is done. So that's one thing I wanted to mention. The second one is today is a super exciting day because of this. We have a group of ladies, eight ladies, that are on their way right now to, well, Kathy, you're here. Why are you here? Are you going later? Sorry, this wasn't scripted. I looked at it and I'm like, you're on the team. Anyway, there's seven that are going right now and Kathy will be going here shortly to New York. They're going to be doing this. Sorry, that threw me off. This mission trip uh, to, to the city. They're in Brooklyn is where they're going to be staying and um, uh, doing food pantry and doing uh, a street ministry. And so, so would you be praying for them this week? Would you just, as they come to mind, would you lift them up uh, because they're going out from us, but they're one of us and we want to support them uh, in, that, in this way. In fact, it was fun. Last service, they were delayed in St. Louis at the airport there, so they were all cuddled somewhere together in St. Louis watching on Facebook Live, so we all waved and said good morning to them and prayed for them, so it was a great time. So anyway, if you'd be praying for them, it's going to be a great trip for them, and we're very excited to hear next Sunday they'll be up here on the stage sharing about their trip and how God worked in their lives and through their lives. So um, hey, if you have your Bibles, grab your Bibles, please. We're going to be in lots of different places this morning. Uh, Uversion.com, if you have a tablet or smartphone, you can follow along there or on the screen behind, but we are starting a brand new sermon series today called Scared to Death. Been looking forward to this for a while. What we're doing is we're taking four Sundays and we're talking about the issue that we all deal with, which is fear and anxiety. Uh, we all face it. We all experience it. Some of us, it's, it's kind of a crippling, gripping thing in our lives. But what we want to do here, here's the plan, is, is I want to present to you four principles over the next four weeks. 
four principles. And, and, and here's the thing, if we really grab a hold of each of these principles and then we apply it to our lives, it's gonna be a game changer in this area. That, that God is going to be able to do a work in us. He's gonna be able to set us free from a lot of the fears and anxieties that we feel. So how it's gonna work is each Sunday, I'm gonna be presenting one principle. So we're gonna get one principle today, next week with the second and the third and so on. Uh, you can see all the principles will be up on the board. There's a, there's a pallet wall out there in the lobby. When you come in and on Sunday mornings, you'll be able to see them all there. But, but we're just gonna work through those. And so this morning, I wanna share with you two ideas, but one key principle this morning. And the big question this morning is this, what do you fear? For you, what, what do you fear? What, what causes worry or anxiety in you? Now I have a couple of ideas of what it might be for some of you. Maybe you can relate with some of these and you'll be all like, oh, that's me, that's me, yeah, that's me. How about this, um, spiders. For some of you, is it spiders? Do you fear that? Or snakes, that's gross. But how about snakes? Or how about heights? Maybe for some of you, you have a fear of heights. Agoraphobia which is the fear of fear. It's kind of interesting. Uh, claustrophobia, maybe some of you, that's you. You don't like confined spaces. Uh, germs, a fear of cancer, a fear of flying. These are big ones. Fear of death. That's a big one for a lot of us, isn't it? Fear of public speaking, which for a lot of people, polls say, is actually higher than death. Like, that's kind of crazy, but uh, fear of public speaking is a really, really big one. The fear of being alone, maybe you can relate with that. Fear of failure. Boy, that one gets a lot of us, doesn't it? Fear of needles. Fear of commitment. Oh, goodness. Hippopotamonstrous. That word, right? That word right there. That word, that is the fear of long words. That's funny. Fear of falling. That's mine. Uh, fear of success. How about that one? Fear of God. Sometimes people have that. Fear of change, that's a big one for people. Fear of darkness. Triskaidiakophobia, that's the fear of the number 13. That's an interesting one, that's why you elevate, you don't have the number 13, right? Fear of vomiting, fear of bridges, fear of bugs, bees, or fires. Maybe that's for some of you. How about being forgotten? Fear of a doctor, going to the dentist, fear of horses. By the way, if this is you, just hang out at Cowboy Church. They'll fix that for you. I, I promise you, they can work on that. Uh, fear of pain, fear of loud noises, fear of clowns, finally being buried alive. Maybe you found yourself on the list. You're like, yeah, that's me, that's me. Look, we all have these fears, right? We all experience these different kinds of, of emotions and, and fears in our lives and things that we do tend to worry about. So again, what about you? What do you fear? What causes anxiety in you? What, what in your life is a fear that has crippled you at some point along the way? How about this? What would your life look like? What would you pursue if fear was not a factor for you? If you weren't scared to go for it, what would your life look like? What would, you, what would you run hard after? Because I know, and you know this too, that fear for us, it impacts our, our, our relationships. It impacts our decisions, our pursuits. It impacts our family. It impacts our ministry. I mean, it just touches all of us in different ways, doesn't it? I know it has in my life. This is, this, is, this is a sermon series for me too because I can look back in my life and I know full well that because of fears that I have felt, I have missed out on relationships. The fear of walking across the room and introducing myself to somebody who could have been a great friend. The fear of, of opportunities. 
I've missed opportunities because of the fear of what might happen. I've, I've missed out on dreams, fulfilled dreams, pursuing dreams because of the fear of, and this is so stupid, but we all fear this, uh, feel this, the fear of what other people might think of me. And I've, I've limited myself and I've missed out on pursuing things because of those kinds of fears. And maybe you have as well. Again, this is all of our story. And so we're going to jump in this, this right now. We're going to get into some, some scriptures, some principles. And again, this morning, one big principle, two ideas that I want to share um, with you. But before I do, I need to give a quick disclaimer to the topic of fear specifically. And it's this. And if you have your bulletin, on the back side, there's a couple fill in the blanks. Here's the first one for you this morning. It's this. We have to remember that not all fear is bad. Not all fear is bad. Some fear actually helps us. It helps us make good decisions, for example. So, for example, the fear of consequences is a good thing that, that protects us in our lives. Now, I'm going to share with you an example. This one, this is a commercial from the 1980s. So some of you are immediately going to be like, oh my goodness, I remember that commercial. This commercial as a kid scared me to death. Check this one out. See if you remember it. Is there anyone out there who still isn't clear about what doing drugs does? Okay. Last time. This is your brain. This is drugs. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? And I'd watch that, I'd say, no questions. I got it. <laughs> Don't do drugs. Never did drugs, right? Because that, so, so you have these, these kinds of fears that you instill, but they can protect and then help. So not all fear is bad. Here's a second disclaimer that I want to highlight this morning, just to give us a little foundation. It's this, that we should fear God. So we're in the series. We're talking about don't fear, don't fear. But what we see in Scripture over and over again, God is saying, and he, he presented it this way that we should fear God. Now, what's important to note here about this is this doesn't mean that we should be afraid of God. That's not what this means when the Bible says to fear God. It doesn't mean to be afraid of God. What it means, rather, is that we hold God in this reverential awe because of his might and his power and his glory. That he is so incredible that in light of who he is, that there's a sense of awe and reverence that we feel deeply in our heart. And the Bible describes that as a fear, a holy fear that we have. See, the fear of God actually moves us toward God, not away from God. We tend to run from the things we're scared of. But fearing God moves us toward him and toward worship. That's what it does. I want to share with you one verse that highlights this idea. Psalm 33, verse 8. Check out this verse. It says, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world, there it is, revere him. So here we see this relationship between fearing God and revering God. The fear of God leads us to worship him. So again, two disclaimers. Not all fear is bad, and we should fear God. Now, upon that foundation and all that kind of just set aside for a moment now, I want to share with you two key ideas with you this morning to help us learn our one principle. Here's the first big idea. It's this, that all of us, we all experience fear. Now, I've already talked about this, haven't I? I've already mentioned this, and you know this as well, that we all experience fear. But here's the, the, the theological underpinnings of why this is true, of why you experience fear and so do I. We experience fear because... We sin. 
See, fear is one result of sin. Think about it. It's a part of your nature. Nobody had to teach you to fear. Now, you were probably taught what to fear, but nobody taught you how to fear. Because it's part of your nature. It's part of my nature. It's part of who we are as people because we sin. Because sin is in our world and sin is in our life, sin has consequence. And that one of the consequences is the fears that we experience. Now to demonstrate that in scripture, I want us to go back to Genesis chapter 3, the very first time in the Bible that the word fear is used. Genesis chapter 3, I'm going to start in verse 8. Now context-wise, what's going on here? In Genesis 3, This is the saddest chapter in all the Bible. You have Adam and Eve making the decision to violate God's command of of eating the the fruit. And so they they turned their back on God. They chose to disobey him. They ate the forbidden fruit, and that had a consequence there. And so let's join me now in verse 8. It says this, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. See, there it is. See, Adam and Eve, they sinned, and once they did, they begin to experience some new realities. They begin to experience guilt for the first time. They begin to experience shame for the first time. And we see in a moment, we're going to see, they begin to experience fear. And so here they are, they are hiding from God in the garden. It says, But the Lord God, who's walking there among the garden, but the Lord God called out to the man, Where are you? By the way, a question God is still calling out today among, in the world. Still pursuing people. People who are running from God. People who are hiding from God. And God's still calling out, where are you? Pursuing the people that he loves. But the Lord God called out to the man, where are you? And Adam now, he answered, I heard you in the garden. And there it is. And I was afraid. So, because I was naked and so I hid. Here, here we see right here at the beginning this relationship between fear and sin taking place. And see, this is something that's our, not just Adam and Eve's experience. This is our experience too. This is what we go through too. See, when we sin, our sin will then move us away from God and cause us to run from God and hide from God. It also does so in our relationships with one another. Sin has a consequence. The more sin, the more fear, and the more we isolate from people. Here's your next fill in the blank. In fact, here it is. It's this idea that fear puts you and I in a prison. It does. It puts, it puts us in a prison as, as we begin to isolate from God and from one another. And let me show you more specifically how this works over here. Because you and I, again, we, we, we have the fears in our lives, but we don't just come out and say, I'm fearful of this or I'm scared of that. That's not what we do. We duck and cover, we run and we hide. And so it looks in different ways. It presents in ways like this. This is my first little brick here. Of control. Maybe this is some of you here. Control ultimately is about fear because you fear things being out of control and so you want to grab a hold of everything and pull it in so tight to create this hyper control because you're scared of things being out of control. And this begins, what is it we're doing? We're getting to build a wall now that we begin to hide behind and control becomes one of those things. How about this one? Maybe this is some of you, a critical spirit. You begin to put that out in front of people. 
Or maybe for you, it's sarcasm. It's sort of funny, but not really. Because it's about the fear that you feel inside. And how about this one, especially for the men in the audience? You live with so much anger. So much anger. And again, being fueled underneath by fear that you have, that you carry around. Or maybe this is you. You pull away. You hide. Because maybe there was a time in your life before where you got hurt. And you say, never again. I'm never going to put myself in that position again where I'm going to get hurt by somebody else the way I got hurt before. And so you pull back and you withdraw. And you begin to build a wall in your life and hide behind this wall. And it presents all these things, but underneath it is because you're scared. And fear is taking its place. There's one more. And this is when it kind of hits the highest of levels, so to speak. And it doesn't just have to be drugs. It can be television, pornography, and all kinds of other things that become masks and walls that we hide behind, that isolate us. The walls that isolate us from God, that isolates us from community. That's what fear wants to do. It wants to isolate you. It wants to separate you from other people. See, we all experience this. This is your story. This this is my story too. See, everyone deals with fear. And what fear wants to do is it wants to rob your life of joy, of meaningful relationships, and fulfilling God's purpose for your life. He's got this plan for you. He's got this wonderful plan for your life, but then fear just keeps us, no, God, I can't do that. No, God, I can't go there. And we tuck behind our wall where we're comfortable and we isolate there. Just like Adam and Eve hiding in the garden, we're hiding from God, running from him, hiding from each other, running from each other. This is what happens. This is your story and mine. That's the first big idea this morning. I need to share the second big idea because the second one links to this first one in an important way. Here's the second one is this, that fear is a choice. Now, maybe hearing that, you're thinking, hold hold on a second. You just told me that it's part of our nature and everyone experiences fear and now you're telling me it's a choice. Because the first, number one, this idea of it's all, everybody feels fear and because everybody sins, it's part of our nature. It's like, it's like fear it would be like telling somebody not to blink or not to swallow because we all just do it. We all experience it as part of who we are and what we do. But now you're telling me that I actually have a choice in the matter. Do you feel the tension there? Do you see how that's in conflict with each other a little bit? It almost appears like it doesn't quite work together because you're going to do it, but you have a choice in whether or not you do it. But see, here's the key. Over and over again in the Bible, God's word says over and over again, do not fear. I mean, hundreds of times God tells us in the Bible, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. Everyone fears as part of your nature, but God again coming to us and saying, do not fear. So how does this work? How do we do this? Now, this is so, so important. I I need us to grab a hold of this principle here because this is is a game changer here if you can really get a hold of this. To demonstrate this, I want to take us to Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Check out this verse. 
This is God speaking. He says, do not fear, so there we go, for I am with you. And do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This is just one example in scripture of many we could pull up on the screen there where God is saying, he's promising here, but he's giving the command first. He says, do not fear. And again, he says this over and over again. Now, God will not command you to do something that he will not also, in Christ, give you the ability to fulfill. That's important. If he commands us to do it, then in Christ, we can obey this. We can do this. You have a choice in the matter about how you respond to this. So how how does this work? The key is right here in this verse, as well as many others. No, we can go back real quick to that verse. Here's the key. Actually, no, let's go to the principle. Let me give the principle and then we'll go to the key. The principle is this. Here's the key. Fear dies when I know God is with me. Did you catch that? Fear dies when I know God is with me. Some of you look sleepy. Let's say this together here. Just make sure you're with me. All right, here we go. Ready? Fear dies when I know God is with me. Not when I hope, cross my fingers, maybe it's true. No, no, that you know God is with you. Fear dies when you know God is with you. Okay, thank you, Ryan, you're doing better than me. Let's go back to Isaiah 41. Look at this verse here again. Look what he says here, because there's a promise attached. He says, do not fear, why? For I am with you. There's the promise. There's the key right there that God is with you. It's like God is saying, look, I'm commanding you in your life and the situations you go through, don't fear. Why? Because I'm with you. And at least in this verse, he continues on. He says, look, I am your God. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to uphold you. Over and over again, giving you these promises of how he's with you. But the principle is this, that we see it over and over and over again in Scripture. In fact, nearly every time in the Bible, when God says, do not fear, in the same verse, he gives you the reason not to fear, which is always him. He's the reason not to fear. Let's look at some more examples, just a couple more. Uh, Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. God's speaking. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Why? For the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. How about Psalm 23? It's a famous passage of scripture. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Over and over, God says, look, my presence is enough. You get me. And then no matter what you're going through in life, as you go through your daily life, as you're doing the things in life, God says, I am with you. Always. See, here's the key. You next fill in the blank. It's this idea. Fear, it's always a problem of focus for us. It's always a problem of focus. Because the fears that you feel and the faith that you have are in a constant collision with each other. And every day you and I wake up, we have a decision. Am I going to feed my faith or feed my fear? See, my fears, excuse me, my faith says, look to God, but my fears want me to focus on my problem or whatever it is I'm facing in life. My faith says, God, you promise you're with me, 
And so as I'm going through this, me and you, God, that's always the majority. And in you, I have everything I need to face whatever it is I'm going through. And so I do not need to fear. I choose not to fear. That's what faith says. But fear, rather, like our illustration over here, wants to isolate you. Fear wants to cause you to run away from God, not rely on God, not worship God, to, to turn your attention away from him and focus on the issue at hand and then, to, and then to fret your hands in fear over what's going on to where you become incapacitated. And not only with God, it wants to isolate you in community with other people. And so you know how this works. We come to church. How are you doing? You're dying inside. You put the smile on, you say, oh, I'm good, doing great. God is good, blessed. But inside you're hurting because you're isolated. And you go to a small group. How was the week? How are you doing? I'm doing great. No, you're not. And maybe you are, but, but for so many times, we're just not. We isolate and we hide behind the stuff that we're going through. When you wake up every day, are you going to feed your faith? feed your fear we have that choice see principle one is this just by way of a reminder again fear dies it dies in your life and mine when you know and you live like it's actually true because it is that God is with you if we if we apply this to our lives again this is a game changer this changes, this changes everything. So, so just as we're going to wrap up this morning, how do we know, how do we know, how do I know God is with me? Well, let me tell you how you don't know. This is not the litmus test for God's presence and knowing that he's in your life. It's not that he feels close. Now, there are times that God will feel close in your life. There are times when you will feel like God is just right there with you and you're not walking alone and you're going through those things and you just, you just his presence is thick in your life. That will happen. But there will also be times in your life that God does not feel close. And God does not feel very present. But what I tell you this morning, no matter how it feels, whether he feels close or he doesn't feel close, that doesn't determine whether he is close. See, what we rely on is not how we feel. We rely on his promises in Scripture. He promises, I'm with you. And so we stand on that and we walk through our day and we say, God, your word says you promise you're with me. And so by faith, I believe and I know that you are right here. I am not going through this day by myself. That you're with me no matter what I'm doing. Whether I'm going to work or I'm doing laundry. Whether I'm sitting in history class, God, you are there. Whether I'm sleeping, God, you are there. Hopefully you're not sleeping in history class. But I mean, God is there with you no matter what you're doing and where you find yourself. Is living in light as if that is true because it is. So here I want to give you some action steps, some ideas this week of some things that you can apply to your life starting today to help you with this one principle that fear dies when you know that God is with you. Here's the first thing I'd like to challenge you to do, today even, maybe this afternoon, is I want you to sit down with a piece of paper and I want you to make a list of all the things that you fear. What do you fear? What are you scared of? What is it for you? And it could be three things and it could be 30 pages. I mean, I don't know what it is for you. But get them on paper. Get them out of here and just get them on paper and write them down and identify them. 
Now, so far, all we've done is focused on our fears, because here's step two. So I want you to take this list that you've, you've identified. This is the things that I'm going through in terms of the fears that I have. And I want you to take that list and begin to build a habit every day, if not multiple times a day, of praying back to God the things on that list. God, I'm going through this. And I'm, I'm fearful of whatever this is. God, I want to give that to you. And God, as I'm facing this situation, I just, would you remind me that I am not alone in this, that you're with me through this that you've got this, that none of this surprises you and that your power far surpasses whatever it is that I'm worried about. God, you've got this. I want you to begin to take and begin to turn your worries and your fears toward God and get our focus off of the list and off of the fears and get them onto God. Begin to turn it toward him. Begin to do that this week, building that habit of praying those things back to him. Here's the next thing I want to challenge you to do. I want to challenge you to live your day, each day, today, as if you are not alone. I want you to live today and tomorrow and every other day after as if you know that God is right there with you. When we do that, that will completely change how you live your day. It will revolutionize your prayer life. Because you know how it is, is you're walking through your day with a friend who's there with you and you're just kind of spending the day together. What are you doing? You're chatting all day long. And that's what prayer begins to turn into when God is with you. And you live as if you're not just kind of doing your thing by yourself. You're talking to him. You're loving him and he's loving you. And that relationship begins to change. Live each day as if he's right there. And I want to give you one more, just kind of a bonus. This is going extra mile, extra credit, that kind of thing here. Is this idea, is I want to challenge you to memorize a verse, one of the verses from today's sermon. One of the verses that reminds you that God is with you. Maybe Isaiah 41.10 or Psalm 23.4, Joshua 1.9. Or how about this one? Here's another one that could be a good one. Psalm 46.1. Memorizing this, like this says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present. I love that, an ever-present help in trouble. Because you know what this does? This, this, this gets the scripture, truth of God's word, onto the hard drive of your life. And as you're going through your day, the Holy Spirit can bring it back to remembrance. You're not alone. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not, do not be dismayed, for I am your God. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, because you're with me. God, you're my refuge and my strength. You're my ever-present help in trouble. You begin to have those scriptures in your mind, and all of a sudden, it becomes very real. And all of a sudden, you're not focusing on the fear. You're focusing on your sovereign, powerful, and loving God, who is with you through it all. That's my challenge for us this morning. That's the first of four principles as we begin to apply these things to our lives in the coming weeks. I'm going to invite the worship to come on up, please, if you would. And, and I want to pray for us, if I could, just pray for you, pray for me, as we begin this new pursuit over this next month here as we move into May to tackle head-on the issue of fears and anxieties that we all have. Let, let's pray together. Father, you are so good to us, and I thank you, we thank you, for your promises that, that we don't have to fear. We don't have to live that way because you promise your presence. You promise you and that you are right there with us, lovingly guiding us and walking with us through all the moments of our lives. And so I pray for each of us that, that we would come out from behind the wall 
control and anger and sarcasm and whatever else that we're presenting, that we'd come out of hiding, that we'd run quickly and fiercely to you, that we would be willing to put ourselves in community. And that, Father, through this process, as we apply your word to our lives, that we would be men and women, boys and girls, who no longer fear, but trust you. Father, thank you for the good work you're going to do in us in the coming weeks. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. It is so awesome to hear and just be reminded of the fact that we have a God who is here. He is not just up there kind of floating around watching. He is here. He is with us. I think um, one of the opportunities we had last weekend was to just see God at work. It was awesome. We had our East, three Easter services. Um, we've got pictures from the photo booth up there. Um, it was awesome. We had 600 and over 650 people here at one of those three services. We had, I think, 30 visitor mugs, and we gave away just, just about all of them. Um, it was such an awesome time. And one of my favorite things was seeing uh, the cardboard testimonies. You'll see a couple of the people's signs up there. It was just an awesome time to see stories of life change, that, that God is here. He is working. He is doing stuff here in Adel. He's working in people's lives at New Hope such a blessing to see that and be reminded of that and be encouraged by that. Um, we, just have a, we have a great God, and he's working here. Um, in just a moment, we'll, we'll go ahead and take these, the Connect cards, we'll collect those and the, receive the gifts of, um, receive the offering as well. But I just want to pray and really pray for Adele as we look forward. We're going to be able to do some more outreach into Adele, um, into the surrounding communities, even the summer block party. God's doing stuff here, so... As we pray, just pray with me. Um, dear Lord, we just we thank you for the opportunity to be here at New Hope. We thank you for how you're working. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for just being so active, Lord. Just such a blessing to be in a time of just growth and excitement and passion, Lord. We just love to just be part of what you're doing here. I pray that as we, as we think about how we're giving, as we're giving gifts, as we're giving finances, as we're giving time, that you would just... Um, Keep us focused on you, that we're not just doing things to, for the sake of doing things, but we're, we're excited and we're, we're doing things for you, Lord. May you just continue to, to bless New Hope as we strive to reach out into Adele and just as we continue to just make your name great among, among this town, among this county, among this whole region, Lord. May you just continue to bless us as we seek to just praise and honor you in everything that we do. In your name, amen.
let's stand together and, and finish up worship with one more song today. Um, this is one song that's it's become one of my favorites. I feel like I say that a lot. I got a lot of songs I really like, but uh, we're going to sing No Longer Slaves, and I feel like it's just so fitting for today um, <clears throat> that, as Pastor said, uh, there is freedom from our fear, right? And, and that is in Christ.